In this episode of the Business E-Commerce, I talk with Michael Sene about how to ship today or next day without breaking the bank. This is the Business E-Commerce, episode 159. Welcome to the Business E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plusky, and I'm here today with Michael Sene. Michael is the Director of Sales at Deliver, where they help retailers get faster next day or two day shipping on all their products. I think they're doing something new here, and it's pretty interesting to see how, as an independent retailer, you can actually get next day, two day shipping to try to really compete with the big guys like an Amazon or a Walmart. And this is something that's becoming more and more important in the game of retail now. Folks are expecting it, and it's something people are just becoming very used to. So they've really changed the model. They're using technology to do this. I think it's kind of interesting chat to kind of go into how they're doing it and to put some thought into where is a retailer you want to be now and in the future when maybe the expectation goes from two days to one day or one hour, wherever it is. And he kind of talks about that and kind of gets you in that mind space of thinking, where do we want to be now and in the future? So let's get into the show. So, hey, Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome to have you on. I think this topic is very timely on fast shipping. This is this is the year of the whole shipping apocalypse where we've seen a lot of people uh, struggle with this. So it's good to kind oh, yeah. of talk through this. So we're talking. Oh yeah, it's it's a. I think Amazon, especially this year, has kind of got us all addicted to like quick shipping, right? So two day shipping, we talk about that. Next day shipping, um, and I think a lot of retailers want to provide this on their own. And everyone's kind of struggling to, how do I get from my standard UPS ground, you know, that could take a week and try to like bring that down to closer to match Amazon or compete. Um, and you can pay that, you can pay for air, obviously, but doing that affordably, I think is kind of the trick. And I think you have some experience with us, right? Yeah, I do. I, I think you bring up a great point just to start. Um, when you think about the problem is you need to do it at a low rate and really fast. And I think everyone's trying to tackle this problem from your big retailer to your, you know, smaller Shopify merchant to your e-commerce merchant just on marketplace. Everyone's trying to solve this. I think the issue is they're taking at it the wrong approach, right? When you think about it, to get two day at a low rate, your items need to be in at least four to five warehouses. Uh, to get next day and same day, your items need to be in 10 to 18 different warehouses. And a lot of large retailers are, you know, overly invested in their current setup. That's for retail, right? And the position of their FCs are not in the right places. So, you know, getting to that same day or next day is, is, is a massive challenge of capital that you would have to invest. And, and your smaller merchant, you know, naturally wants to do this, but doesn't have the capability. And then when you think about companies that are offering this, you really have Amazon is the only one. And when you think about what Deliver has is we have an asset light model. So we're able to expand a lot quicker. We notice this problem, you can't just throw money at this problem. It has to be something where you connect a lot of FCs together, together a lot of warehouses, and you create that network uh, to be able to access next day and same day and offer a very low fulfillment rate. Uh, and that's the only way you can really tackle it. Either you have an asset light model or an extremely asset heavy model. Um, and the other thing is you need lots of carriers. Um, the traditional model is you have one, one or two carrier agreements, UPS or FedEx. The norm, when you think about Amazon, they have sortation centers and the item leaves those and it goes directly to the person. They don't 
you know, utilize one or two carriers. Essentially, every truck is its own carrier. And so you need to address it at that length as well on the carrier end. And for Deliver, we're, we're fortunate enough to work with at least nine carriers and we're adding more regional carriers, um, national carriers. And that allows us to get lower rates and uh, access that, you know, fast fulfillment that, that people want. Mm, okay. So I want to make sure a couple of terms here, FCs, fulfillment centers, for everyone that kind of missed that part. And then we said asset le- asset heavy versus asset life. We're talking fulfillment centers, like having physical like distribution in your, like owning the distribution chain. Yeah. I mean, when you think about a traditional fulfillment company, you're tasked with the decision of expanding, building a warehouse, buying property. That's extremely asset heavy. You have to hire the folks. And, and right now there's a lot of warehouses in the country that are willing to, you know, work into a network like Deliver and partner in a sense where we can actually utilize them into a network that we control end to end. The best way to put it is think about Uber when you had the taxis, you had multiple different taxi companies. And what did Uber do? They connected all the drivers together. So that way, when you requested one, you were getting a driver that was in your neighborhood, not 30 miles away, like the age of the taxi where you would have to call someone and wait an hour. If you're an independent retail, though, and you're trying to string together these different fulfillment centers, um, you know, if they want, let's say they want to do it themselves. Is there even a way to do that? Like, you know, because you start seeing that, like you could go to each fulfillment center. And when you said, actually, I like those numbers you had at the beginning. How many would you need to do next day versus? You need, you need your recommend at least 10 to 18 warehouses to get a, a low rate next day fulfillment. Right. Could you air to your, that, You could airship it. But <laughs> they're just never there, right? So, so you're saying ten to eighteen days, and that gets sorry, 10 so to you're taking the warehouse. same item, ten to eighteen warehouses to spread around the country, enough of places where you could basically do ground from any point at that like Correct. point to point. Correct. Yep. You use okay. Retail carriers ground. So like when I order an item off Deliver, any of our sellers who are using Deliver, we have an I'm here in the Bay Area. There's a warehouse less than fifty miles away, so that item's typically coming from that warehouse, and I can get it tomorrow. Yeah, I think this is probably the one thing where um, the one competitive Amazon, when you see Walmart, where their fulfillment centers are just their stores. And I think there's some statistic where like 85% of the American population is within like 20 minutes of a Walmart, like some like amazing. So like they literally, you know, they have, I don't know how many thousands of these and they're basically using those as their fulfillment centers. But unless you have that sort of network, like as an independent retailer, are you literally just copying out your product to you know, 10 different warehouses across the country? Yeah, I mean, well, currently a lot of retailers are, are still using one or two and air shipping, maybe eating the costs, maybe not even offering free two day or free next day because the, the margins just aren't there. I think everyone wants to. And I think your larger retailers at least have the space. Um, you think about, you know, free Whole Foods two, day, two hour delivery, they blocked off those you know, stores to actually do that. You have that section. A lot of retailers do have space that they could potentially do that. Doesn't solve the carrier issue, right? You still have to tap into multiple carriers. So you're still kind of limited, but you're every other e-commerce retailer has, you know, your, your only option is really to go through a, a, a fulfillment provider like deliver or really a traditional one that maybe has two or three or four different FCs. Now that will, and when I say FCs, I mean warehouses. And even if you do that, you're kind of set up for two day. But the question you should have is in 2021, am I set up for next day come the next year, right? So you may get your fulfillment set up for two day, but you know, we're all expecting next day to be the norm. Uh, it already is on Amazon. And so how do you keep up? You have to have your item in more warehouses and more carriers. Oh. 
So why why do the carriers come into play so much? I get the warehouses, right? Like, so you have to just spread it around more, just physically closer to folks. But the carrier thing, is it just because there's regional carriers that are cheaper than the big guys? That's one point. Sometimes they're more affordable. Sometimes in current areas, they're more reliable. Um, if you look at last year, a lot of folks were hit by shipmageddon because maybe they relied on one or two carriers. And when those carriers get delayed, how are you utilizing other carriers? Um, and so I believe that we, you know, in the future are moving towards a model where you can have 50 carriers, 100 carriers. Maybe the concept of a carrier may not even be what you normally think of as a FedEx or a UPS, right? Um, and you saw uh, Amazon do that, right, with, with, with carriers as they expanded their network. Right now you see the Amazon van, but everyone re realized, you know, there was the time where it wasn't the Amazon van. You had Flex and uh, some other, uh, you know, places they were utilizing to, to carry packages. Yeah, I think they still have random, like the random dude that comes up to your house and you're like, oh, is this guy coming up to like yeah, yeah. mug me? And you're like, oh, here's your Amazon package. And like, oh, okay. Yeah, I saw like, a van the other day. It was like packed to the room with Amazon packages and they were delivering, right? So, um, you know, and I think they control that that end to end, right? So they can utilize those. And, and I think it's fair to say that we have to accept to get to next day, same day, let's call it same hour potentially at some point you're going to have to utilize that kind of network. Okay. So the goal, but the kind of the name of the game is just getting the, getting the items physically as close as you can so that you can pretty much do ground as many orders as you can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got it. We're yeah, actually a few people do it. The note on that oh. too, it's a part of our network. What we've seen is it's, it's a positioning of inventory problem, right? Because one of the questions we always get is, well, even though I split my inventory and you guys are going to put them, how do I inform you where it goes if I know more orders are here and, and less orders are in this region? Well, when you connect to a product like ours, we analyze that data. So when you're creating an inbound, we're actually deciding where they're going um, because it is a product placement issue, right? We, you, you don't want to send the same amount to the LA area that you would send to, you know, maybe Texas. You want to split it up accordingly. And so, for us, we have merchants who just say, I'm going to send in one month of inventory, you know, and we split it across our, our, our network. How do you guys determine that? Right. Because let's say I'm selling, right. Let's say I'm sending a thousand uh, bathing suits and I'm sitting here in Boston. They're probably not showing up very many at like a Boston warehouse right now. They're probably all going South. Like how do, how would you know going into it? If do you have product knowledge to understand, Hey, they're selling, you know, a warm weather product. How do you actually do that analysis? There's a few things. One, uh, when you're connecting to the delivery, you're connecting your sales channel. So we are analyzing data historically. If we don't have historical, we actually create a product map in the first 30 days to understand, hey, where should this item be placed on future replenishments? Uh, and we'll probably utilize data like population density if we have no historicals, um, things like that, right? Uh, if we have any data on the SKU, we'll try to you know, configure that way. Um, the beauty of Deliver is we're charging one fixed rate, so the onus is on us to position it accordingly, right? If we don't position it accordingly, we pay more at the end and, and the, you know, the merchant pays the same price. So uh, it, it's an interesting concept, right, where you get a flat rate and we're, we're going to be the ones who position, control it end to end. Very similar to Uber right now. You get one flat rate, they tell you what it costs, and, and they get you the lowest possible rate, and that's why people like it. Oh, so you guys, so just to go into deliver a little bit, because it's kind of interesting. So you guys are actually taking basically the risk on with, and here's an order and, you know, it's going to be five bucks. And if it's six, like you guys pay the six and that's the end. But the retailer, they know their cost going into it. 
Exactly. Oh, very good. Exactly. How, how do you like, how do you actually achieve that? Or how could a retailer do, the, do this themselves? Or is it just you guys are basically like doing enough of this where you can absorb that risk? Uh, we've done enough of it. We have enough data to, to understand what carrier reliability times are, what carrier rates are when you combine multiple carrier rates. I mean, you just think about your average, let's call a package going from Dallas to Chicago. We're analyzing that trend every hour, every day, understanding when that's reliable on ground, when it's not, what the rates are. And so we can come up with an all-inclusive fixed cost, be very confident about that cost and pass it forward. A good example of this is um, last quarter in packages, we upped our rates 28 cents across the board. Um, and the reason why is we knew we could absorb that cost and balance it out. Um, and so it's, it's just a lot of, it's a data issue and a, and a placement issue. Yeah. I feel like the data thing, I always talk to retailers who get this, where you get your, uh, you know, UPS or FedEx bill at the end of the month and you're like, oh, this should have cost me, you know, $8. And then you look and they're like, oh, it's like a fuel surcharge and like a something, something surcharge. And you're like, what, are, like, what are these? And like, one's like 38 cents, but one's like $4. And you're like, what are these fees? If you ever break down, it's pretty much like, you don't know what the bill's going to be. You just get it at the end of the month. And you're like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like, I guess they're right. You can't, and you can't really argue with it. Cause like, I don't know, they sent me a fuel surcharge fee. So you guys just kind of like deal with all those random fees and blend them in somehow. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too, like about our service on the fast fulfillment side, if you, you know, we have two rates for two day and the reason why you have a fixed two day, which is guaranteed if you want it, you know, we'll airship it if it needs to be. And it's a higher two day rate. But we have our most popular product, which is just a website today or, or similar to, you know, Walmart today or similar to the Prime badge. Right. When you think about that, that badge changes depending on where you're at on Prime. If you look at one item in Arizona versus one item in California, the speed will be different. Um, we're doing the same thing with that badge across people's sites. So they will often take advantage of our badging software. We'll give them a lower fixed rate. But the understanding is that we're going to do everything we can to have that badge turned on on your site. And we're going to control that. And in cases where we can guarantee that we'll get it tomorrow, we'll actually switch it to tomorrow. And you don't even have to pay a, a one day rate. You'll pay a two day rate. Our goal is to get that package as quickly as possible, because if we do that, you'll get more orders. And if you get more orders, you win. We win. We all win. Right. So that's the name of the game. So a lot of people take advantage of what we call our fast tag product, which is we control the badging end to end of, of what your buyer sees. So they'll either see two day next day or, or they won't see any badge if we have any issues come up that we have to pull the badge for, for like, let's say a day like today. Maybe there's an issue in one city. We'll pull the badge. That's yeah, that's neat because you all with the Amazon, for example, they have a uh, one of the fulfillment centers quite literally like down the street. So I know here if I'm logged in from here, I see like same day shipping. But if I'm traveling, I'm always like, oh, this is product same day. And then I realize, oh, it's because I live next to a fulfillment center. So it just yeah, like quite literally it just changes based on where I am. And yeah, you see and you see that when you play with that, that depending on where you move in the country, it drastically changes from same day to whatever um it goes way further out why do you see 3pls not doing a lot of this themselves because like there's been 3pls around for a while they have these networks and they kind of you know maybe they had a dozen warehouses why do you kind of see other 3pls not offering this or are they moving to this model 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know we have we've heard from some three PLs that have always kind of said, "Hey, we wanted to do something like this." I think there's um, there's obviously a capital issue. You have to have the capital to do it. Uh, there's a technology problem that that needs to happen. Um, there's also operational changes that needs to happen in traditional three PLs. When you think about a traditional three PL model, they're really set up for having one or two bays. You have a FedEx truck come up once a day. You put the packages in. The packages go to a sortation center, get sorted, and potentially the product even makes its way back closer to that 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 fulfillment center, right? So you have this long lag of going back and forth. Um, and, and when you think about the, the next day, same day model, things need to go out quickly. They need to really be sorted at that place and be sent directly. And I think that's the challenge that, um, you know, that, that a lot of retailers have and, and even small businesses have. And, and, you know, Amazon's obviously mastered this. And, and um, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of why you don't see a lot of tra- uh, traditional fulfillment centers, whether they have one or two or three locations. I think they are getting better at maybe doing two day. My uh, kind of hypothesis, though, is by the time people are are getting at least good at two day at a low rate, uh, next day will just be the norm. So, you know, it's like, how are you thinking ahead of the game versus how do I catch up to to what the norm was last year? Well, I think Amazon, sorry, not Amazon, Walmart in certain places are coming up with two hour. I think that's like, yeah, if they can do that, you're you're at some different level on like. To, like, how are people going to compete with that? Because the two hour, it's quite literally it's going on a store shelf. Someone's just getting in a car and driving. It's like a one to one where somebody's getting in there, getting off the shelf, getting in the car and just driving to your house, putting it on your doorstep and then driving back and getting another one. Like, how do people oh, even yeah. compete with that? Are we really talking like um, instead of using carriers, is it just like, you know, Fred is coming in his car and delivering it? Is that the the next thing happening here? I, I would not be surprised. I definitely think that's in the works, right? I think that's definitely something you, you will see in the next year, right? And I think when you look at like, uh, you know, you're right, two hours. I'm so used to that on, on Amazon's Whole Food Prime two-hour delivery here in the Bay Area. Um, but when you look at, you know, like even Walmart, if they're doing it fast, it's a lot of their one-piece selection. So question is, how do you enable any seller, the, yeah. the three-piece seller, yes. right? The seller who has their own website and they're trying to start their own business, to, to compete with that, yes. you need to utilize a diversified carrier and fulfillment network. That's the only way you're ever going to compete. The only other option is if your price point is so high and your margins are so good that you're you're comfortable air shipping. In most cases, that's not the, that's not the case. Yep. Um, so you do have to rely on a diversified network and, and carrier network. Yeah, because once you start doing that, okay, now you're going to rip into your margin unless you have something very expensive and light, right? That's kind of the the two prong. Yes. Yeah, it has to be expensive, light, small, where air shipping, um, I think I was air shipping something one time, it was a piece of machinery and you get the rate and you're like, this is almost, and it needed to be something across, someone purchased it for, I think it was a wedding and it needed to get there. So like, all right, that's what you're going to pay for shit. Like, it's like the cost of the uh, product itself. Sometimes even more. Um, and that's continental US. If you go to Alaska or Hawaii, there's, you know, pick a number, pick a large number, whatever that looks like. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do also? Yeah. And most, I mean, most of our products that we fulfill and in, in fast speeds are like, you know, two day or sorry, they're like $25, you know, $30. So they're not, you know, your basic items there. Yeah. How about for more expensive items? Does that kind of matter? Because then you have to buy more of them, is kind of the challenge. And, you know, now like the, to spread this to spread this number of items around the country, you theoretically need a lot of them, right? So you can't just go with uh, you know a thousand units. Like it wouldn't even there wouldn't be enough to go to each warehouse, or would it? 
Um, no, I mean, a thousand units would be enough. Our, our minimum okay. is, you know, our minimum, we actually don't really even have a minimum. We just warn you that, Hey, if you're sending in one item, one <laughs> unit, you're not going to get covered. Right. So, so we don't even have a minimum. I, people have tested us out with 10 units really? to just test. Okay. Um, and I, I don't recommend that necessarily, but you know, if people want to test it, they could, um, you know, because you kind of go through the process of, of setting up, you might as well give it a fair shot of like at least a month's worth of inventory. Um, but yeah, pe- people have tested it out and you don't need a whole lot. We're, once again, we're taking a month's worth and we're splitting it. So you don't have to think, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, if I, if you're giving it in 10 warehouses, I have to send 10 times the amount. That's actually a, a false belief, right? You don't have to send 10 times the amount. You send the same amount and we split it and you actually sell the same amount across all those FCs at the same time because we're splitting it based on buyer behavior. Is there, what happens if it goes out of stock a lot faster at warehouse B than A? Like, is there something that kind of, do retailers ever want to move it from B to A or do they just send more in and then it just gets reallocated? So we, we've typically been pretty good at allocating um, and a lot of people utilize our, our cross stocks, um, which actually, even if they replenish, will probably you know load balance it in the next FC if, if that happens. Once again, we know that fast delivery speeds increase sales. So we never want a situation where that happens, where we're, we just completely incorrectly estimate and we don't send enough to this area. So we're, we're gonna do everything in our power to keep that area full, warn you of any replenishment, and in the future replenishment, make sure we even heavier load one FC or one area that we think your product could do better in. Um, so we're pretty good at this. We're not perfect all, you know, it's possible that a product with no history could get sent in and we predict, hey, there's gonna be this much based on this population size, what we know about the SKU, and maybe it doesn't happen that way, and maybe we lose coverage a little bit earlier, um, but it's rarely something where it's so split. Um, I, I haven't seen a situation like that where all of a sudden it's just one area goes out immediately and they have enough to satisfy two, three months at a, you know, everywhere else. It, it, that really one case, I saw this happen actually. Um, one of my sites, this is years back, uh, I was selling generators like gas, like gas, right? That's the exact scenario where you have a bunch of generators, but like some state got hit with floods. I forget what it was. And they sell out a hundred percent of generators in one day and it's just the end. And every other state is just like, has too many, you know, there's nothing going on there. So you see situ- like are there situations like that where it does make sense to move it yeah. or do you just leave it there and try to yeah, get more? I mean, well, the thing is in that situation. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. You bring up a great example. I mean, in that situation, uh, we likely wouldn't move, but people would still be able to order standard. So, so from, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I can't get it today or next day, but I can still order it standard and we'll ship it from there. Okay. So that's uh, a trick. So it's not like it's completely out of stock. Okay. So the shipping just slows yeah. down to those places at that point. Correct. Got it. Okay. Huh. Very cool. What are the kind of ways have you seen, have you seen retailers be able to do anything like this, a mini version on their own, or do they really need to go with a network to do it? So we're working with some larger retailers right now that, you know, typically we're in shopping malls and, and are looking to, to do something like this. And Uh, You know, those are some exciting opportunities there. I think there are retailers that are slightly ahead of the curve. There's definitely some that aren't. I think, you know, you get to a point where it's, hey, do we make this massive investment? Because even if you look at where FCs are for retailers, a lot of their warehouses are not even in areas that are better for e-commerce. They're in areas that are better for retail stores. And so, you know, 
And that comes down to even a zip code level, right? Like, where is your warehouse relative to this zip code in Dallas? Or like is I'm, it in the right zip code? It's where it's better for warehouses, oh. where it's better for trucks to come in and like close to the airport. Like, they usually center around not where people live, but where warehouses live, which is the weird part. It's uh, exactly yeah. When you go to these districts, yeah. you go. It's literally just like a neighborhood of where only the warehouses live there, and there's no actual humans at night. And it's just a ghost town, and then the trucks come in in the morning. It's a very strange, and that's where the warehouse kind of cluster together typically. Yeah, you're right. They, there's a lot of clusters. Um, and so, you know, they have to analyze, Hey, we've had these warehouses for our own self for decades. How, how do we reposition them? Do we sell them? Do we buy more? Like it's a massive capital investment when you're a large retailer, even when you're a small, uh, small retailer. So, you know, I think there's, um, there's a lot of want to do it. Um, there's a lot of want to kind of utilize even somewhat like a, a software, like kind of how we're doing, but it's it's not just software. I think of our our product as infrastructure as a service because it, you're really utilizing both the technology and the data, but also the operational accountability. It's like if Uber didn't have any accountability around its drivers. I mean, what do you have? You have a wild, wild west where who cares if a driver is one star consistently, right? It, it's pandemonium, right? And then people lose trust in that. So I think it's really important that you also operationally um, are working with these warehouses every hour, every day, because it, it is a newer model, right? People are like, well, I don't own it. How is that going to work? Right. I'm so used to owning that whole thing end to end. And, and, um, you know, so you have to make that decision on your business. Is that something you're, you're, you're willing to, to take a look at? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, and you hear a story about like Walmart knowing this for years where there's going to be a hurricane and there's going to be a, uh, you know, blizzard in Boston and they know move all like bread because people like to buy bread before heart, like just like strange things like that. So they've been analyzing this yeah. for 20 years. They've had the software and their own in the machine. And it's just finally getting and they can do it right because of their scale. But it's just starting to get more accessible to actual average retailers where now they can understand, oh, let's move. Pro let's have different distribution centers. Let's kind of move products around. So it's always been there. It's yeah. just been in the hands of only the few at this point. Up until recently. Yeah. And one challenge I've seen with like traditional retailers, even with the diversified model, they're still typically set on one national carrier agreement, maybe two. And that's going to always, you know, to an extent, we'll slow it down. You, you think about carriers that have had issues all of a sudden, it affects everything, right? So imagine, you know, you want to sell two day leading up to Christmas and, you know, the Christmas holiday, like, and a carrier, the one carrier you have a contract with is backlogged and there's no guarantees. SLAs are suspended. How do you, you know, you just lose out on a week or two of sales that people would have ordered your product had they known it would have gotten there faster prior to the holiday. Um, and so it's risky utilizing just one carrier or two carriers. On the flip side, though, do you have an issue where, okay, if I'm shipping 100% through UPS, I'm going to go and negotiate some great rates with them and they're going to give me a, a, some deep discount. Is that, if you're yeah. splitting it up, what happens there? Because now you don't have the same bargaining power with any one individual carrier. Well, actually you do, right? Because if you have more, you have more bargaining power. Um, so it actually is quite the opposite. Uh, if you're working with one, you only have the, you know, you, they know, hey, I'm only working with you and naturally you'll go with the best one. But when you have rates that are kind of the same across the board and you're analyzing, hey, from going from this neighborhood to this neighborhood, we know we can use this carrier. You're going to use less of that, you know, specific carrier that you were using prior and use someone else. And so it actually creates a little bit of more of a healthy competition. OK, so then you're going to them and saying, hey, we have like this much volume in your area specific. Like maybe it's not a national, it's a 
regional and you're saying in whatever areas we have this much volume and we if you can give us a price we could run this volume through you instead of running it through ups yeah i mean i don't think there's there's like a conversation there going i mean it's just we're going to utilize what the best rate is okay. you know and i think having the ability to use different carriers allows us to price shop. And, and I think it, the freedom is on the consumer, just like any consumer who can go price shop right now online to figure out how do I want to ship a package? What's the cheapest way uh, right now if they have no contract? Uh, now, you know, granted, we, we you know have agreements with carriers, but I think it's more just, hey, what is the lowest rate we can get um, from this end to this end? And and granted, I think our rates are pretty phenomenal because we, we provide a fixed cost that includes not only the shipping label, but also the pick, the pack, everything. So when people see our rates on our site, they literally just paste in the weights and dimensions and it says, here's how much you would pay. Um, all in. There's no other cost other than storage because that's a variable depending on how long product sits in our network. Um, but people are used to paying only two costs when they're when they're using this. Yeah, and everyone charges storage, so that's kind of that's building the model, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Exactly. Cool. This is super interesting. I think people should. Uh, I think most people have heard of Deliver at this point, but if they haven't, definitely should check it out. Um, so thanks. It's helpful. If folks kind of want to see more about you guys other than Deliver, where else can where else can we link to? Yeah, we, we try to make it as easy as possible to use. You can go on our site. You could check rates, type in your product, type in the weights and dims or a copy of the product on Amazon. You could talk to our live chat. They're open Monday through Friday. Uh, you could even set up a meeting on our homepage. It says Let's Chat. And you can book a time with anyone. You can add me on LinkedIn. Um, happy to talk and, and redirect you in, in an area you need to go. Our goal is to make it as easy as possible. We've had people who sign up for deliver, self-serve, send in product, and in, in a week or two, start getting it received and start selling on, on various channels, whether that's Shopify, BigCommerce, um, you know, Walmart, you name it. And so it's a pretty quick, easy setup. We don't, we don't have any agreements. We're trying to just do away with the traditional kind of um, longer term com, you know, commitment that you need to do. Put the onus on us, let us prove ourselves, and, and uh, we think people will be pretty satisfied. Very cool. All right, I love it. I will definitely link down in the show notes and appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot for that. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. You're doing great.